Philippine chapter 16. I'll give, give you a few seconds there to find your places. Bless the Lord. Acts chapter 16, begin in verse 4. And Alan, you're in the process of recording. You can go ahead and give me the thumbs up. Because this is something we're doing for the very first time. Alan's going to attempt to record the message. So, bless the Lord. I believe most of you may have found your place there. And I will begin Acts chapter 16, verse 4. And as they, as they delivered to the people, the decisions reached by the emissaries and the elders in Jerusalem for them to observe. And so here's the continuation of transition. God's plan was for the Jewish people to be Jewish individuals receive Yeshua as the Messiah. Because Yeshua said that he is the light of the world. And it's only he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. So this was part of God's plan from the very beginning. Before he established the heavens, the earth, before he ever created man, God had the foreknowledge of how to bring salvation. He, he chose a, a particular group, the least of all the peoples on the earth. And he desired for them to be the proclaimers of being able to be reconciled unto God. So let's go forward here. Verse 5, according to the congregations... They were strengthened. And notice this, they're establishing brand new congregations. And what is this, these congregations made of? Jews that come to a saving knowledge of who Yeshua is. God-fearers, people who had, who, had, who had been part of God's plan up to that time. And that they, they walked in some of the ways of God. They didn't convert over to Judaism. But they were on the threshold there. They were kind of like walking along the fence. Now the Lord has now opened up the fence for now them to become one with these Jewish believers in Messiah. All right? And also, what, who are they speaking to? But people from pagan society. People that, that had a heart for God, but were serving all these multiplicity gods. And it was God's desire for them to be introduced through the Jewish people who were the light to the world. So let us continue now in verse 6. And so they traveled through the region of Phrygia. And I, every time when I read that word, I, I, I kind of think of it in a comic type way. That's not speaking of Minnesota, the frozen chosen. Phrygia, as I, as I alluded before last Shabbat, I'm going to hold this up to you. Most of us have maps in our Bibles. And you know what? Those maps, most people never ever look at them. And you know the beauty of the journey that we're on with Rob Shaul now and, and Sila, Silas and now Timothy, who's now been brought into this group. And you know, there's another individual here. As we as we heard, as we hear this word, the we, all right. Who is the author of the book of Acts? But Luke. All right. He wrote, he wrote the, 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 the good news of Luke. And then now he is now writing and he's recording now this 
other book, and it's the book of Luke. And it's such a blessing, you know, when you think about all these things. And as, as Paul shared earlier, as we were our brother from, from the Philippines, him and his wife Nancy, our missionaries to the Philippines, he shared about when, when, when uh, people hear about the scriptures that are being quoted, are, are they just uh, speaking about the New Testament scriptures? And that's absolutely not true. Because these books have not even been written yet. I want us now to focus on the time setting right now, okay? None of the New Testament has been written yet. These individuals in the book of Acts are living it out. And I'm going to say these very, very quickly, so don't try and write these down, the significance, because it gives us a, a kind of a feel of what's going on here. Do you know the very first book of the, uh, written of the New Testament was it one of the four Gospels? The first book of the New Testament written was the book of Yaakov, which is James. That is, Yeshua's brother wrote the very first book of the Berat Shah. And that's recorded in the 42nd Common Era. Okay? Most people from a Christian perspective see it as A.D. So Common Era was the time of the, the apostles. All right? So let's go forward here. The second book that was written was 1 Thessalonians, all right? That was not until 52, Common Era. If you do the math, that's many years later. Now let us go now quickly down here now to the book of Acts here and where, where it was written. Okay, the very, before I say this, I need to clarify the first book of the Gospels, all right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or Matthew, all right? Mark, Yohanan, John, or Luke. The first of those four wasn't written until 60 years, common era. And that was the book of Matthew, Matthew. And that was written from what city? Jerusalem? No, it was written in Antioch. This is 10 years prior to the destruction of the temple in Israel. So that kind of gives us a little bit of, of time frame here, all right, with this. And so now the book of Acts, the book that we're currently reading right now, it was not written until 67 Common Era. That is three years before the destruction of the temple. So now let us go back into the book of Acts. See, all these things have great significance for us. Because as we read scripture, we're to read it from what? From the, from the people that are receiving this scripture in the time and the setting. Has the Tanakh been written? Absolutely. And so when Kepha, which is Peter, or Shaul the Apostle Paul are speaking, or Sila, or Timothy, whenever they speak, or Luke is speaking here, when they're quoting, they're quoting from the Tanakh when they say it is written. Otherwise, what is recorded in the book of Acts is actually historical account that they have actually lived through. All right? So let us move forward here. As now we go to verse 6, they traveled through the region of Phrygia. And you can find that on your, on your Bible map, okay? And then on to Galatia. 
And some of these are cities and some of these are regions, okay? Just like a county, as we have like in the state of Minnesota, all right? I live in the Cass County, all right? Majority of you people who live in the Twin Cities, you live in Hennepin. If you live in Owatonna, you're not in the Hennepin County. And so you got to look at from that perspective too. It might be a region, an area, or a specific town or village. Okay, let's go forward. Because they, okay, they traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia because they had been prevented by who? By the Ruach HaKodesh. Do you hear that? Do you know the Spirit empowers us and equips us to do the will of the Father? But when we're, we're about to do something that we perceive as the will of the Father and it's not, He holds us back. He prevents us from doing it. And you know what? You and I, as a believer, we can come to these places in our lives where we start arguing with the rock. No, 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 no. You got it all wrong. I've got it right. And when we do that, we're stepping out of the path and we're going our own way. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Where you were listening to the voice and what Alan shared earlier and what Grace expounded upon a little bit more about Eliyahu, Elijah, he saw all these signs and wonders when he was in the cave. And all these signs and wonders that God allowed to come, just like with this coronavirus and all these economics and all this other stuff, this is all stuff that's going off. And you know what? It's got our full attention. We're so focused on that. And we're saying, woe is I. Can we not uh, personally feel what Elijah was going through? It appeared to him that he was the last. He was the last of all God's people. And he got, as Alan shared, he became depressed. Who else in scripture do we see had, had gone through a, a time of depression in their life? Yohanan, John, the Baptist. He met Yeshua. He was there when, 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 uh, when Yeshua went underneath the waters and he saw the Ruach HaKodesh come and land upon his shoulder and has appeared as a dove. But what had taken place? He'd been arrested. He'd put, been put in prison. And he began to doubt. It's okay for us to doubt, all right, these things. Rabbi, please don't go there, but I must. Yeshua in the Garden Gethsemane revealed to us his humanity. When he said to the Father this, because he's praying, he's interceding to the Father. His, his uh, 11 uh, Talmudim, they were all asleep. The one, he's already betrayed him. He's rejected him. He's gone off. He's bringing the soldiers in here. Yeshua's in the garden, and he's there, and he's seeking the Father's face. But he's dealing it both with his divine Godhead, where he was both God and human man. And he felt what? He felt the weight of what the Father had placed upon his shoulders that you and I will never face. We're not redeemers. We don't save anyone. Yeshua is the one that brought redemption to the world. 
It was his sacrifice. Going all the way back to Father Abraham that brought his own son, and he was ready to plunge the knife in him. The angel Lord came. I believe that was Yeshua himself said, stop, refrain what you're doing here. And he provided what? The ram for the sacrifice. And so in this time and moment, Yeshua is there. And he's in the garden of Gethsemane. And he's praying earnestly. And it says the scripture that he begins to what? Droplets of blood are flowing from his body. And what are his words? Father, is there another way? In his humanity, he questioned the Father. Rabbi, how can you go there? That's scripture. We have these low moments in our life where we're depressed. And that heaven's seen as brass. I can't find anywhere in scripture, anytime in Yeshua's life, where the heavens appeared as brass to him. And he spent time interceding. And notice, just as Eliyahu was sent an angel to bring him bread, to refresh him. If you closely study that scripture, that's beautiful about our memory, is it not? Spirit of living God can give us things instantaneously. He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. He knew he was to take of that, that cup, the cup of judgment, and drink it to its fullness. But if you read the scripture very, very closely, the Lord also sent an angel to him to encourage him and to strengthen him. So we see on these journey here that they're going there proclaiming the good news. And they're facing what? Persecution. What did Yeshua say? Just as Barbara said earlier today. We're not to fear persecution. But Yeshua said this, so has the world persecuted me, so shall they do the same to you. But we're not to walk in fear, but to walk in God's provision. Let's go forward here. They traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia because they had been prevented by the Ruach HaKodesh from speaking the message in the providence of Asia. Now, is that China or any of those other countries that where we call Asia today? No. If you would simply look at your maps in your, on, on there, you'll notice this. If you very, very look very, very closely, it's, it's, the, uh, it's called Asia Minor in some translations. It's actually a little bit north in this one area. And by the way, what country is this presently? That's the country of Turkey. All right. Where the where were the seven uh, the, the 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 churches listed in the Book of Revelation through this whole area in modern day Turkey, Philadelphia, Pergamum, all these other congregations, and these were the congregations that Rav Shaul and others that were sent to establish. And so right now we're reading it in the present tense because these congregations who never existed before are now being established. So let us go forward here. In verse 7, when they came to the frontier of Mycenae, find that on your map. It's a little bit east of where they originally, excuse me, west of where they originally were. They tried to go into Bithynia. 
but the spirit of Yeshua would not let them. Think about that. Because they were sent out. What was Barnabas and John Mark and also uh, Rav Shaul and now Selah, which is Silas, what were they, hands laid upon them? Just as Paul and Nancy, hands were laid upon them from the seed of Abraham to send them forth to what particular area? To the Philippines. See, what we're doing today as we're building the kingdom, we are sending people out to build God's kingdom. The template, the plan of all these things. We have to go back and see to make sure that we're doing these things right and properly. And so with this, they're going forward there. But the spirit of Yeshua, remember what Yeshua said? I will not leave you as orphans. Some translations say it that way. I will not leave you alone, but I will give you my, what? My ruach, my spirit. Isn't it beautiful that Luke has penned it just that exact way? And you know, these words that Luke wrote down were not his own words. They were the breath of the living God, the Ruach, the spirit of the living God. Everything that he recorded, what was recorded, what was left out, what was included, was not to his discretion. He wasn't going by memory. But you know this, as he wrote these words down, he would relive these things in his life. And the Spirit of the living God would bring these things back to him. He was being ministered as he even wrote this book of Acts. So let us go forward here. So the Spirit of Yeshua wouldn't let him. Why? Because the Spirit had not been in that area. Think of it this perspective. When the children of Israel left Egypt, who went before them? The angel of Adonai. The Lord of hosts went before them. What? To prepare the way. And so as Rav Shaul and these other emissaries that were sent out, they went in the provision of Adonai. And you know what? Adonai's spirit. The Spirit of Yeshua was preparing the hearts and the minds of the people of those regions, those villages and towns, preparing their, their hearts to even receive, to even to listen, to even to contemplate, to even to meditate on the good news. Because did not Yeshua say this in the, in the, in the good news that's recorded? Do not cast your pearls before what? Swine. What was he saying in those words? He was saying this, don't proclaim the good news to those whose hearts and minds have been prepared to receive it. As a young believer in Messiah, I used to have street witnessing teams. We go out throughout the Twin Cities, We'd go out through the state of Minnesota. We would meet together. We'd spend time in prayer. And we would be asking the Spirit of living God, where should we go today? Sometimes there was one myself. Sometimes there could be up to 12 people. 
We'd all get in our vehicles. After we met at that congregational building, we'd spend time in prayer. And then the Spirit of living God, it was beautiful. He didn't always give me or my other co-leader the word of knowledge to where we were to go. And it was a blessing. There were times when the Spirit would say to us expressively, this is a time of sowing, where later you or someone else will bring forth the harvest. Or it would be a time of harvesting. See, this was all orchestrated by the Spirit of the living God. And I have to tell you this, we've been so caught up in following men and women's ministries We've gotten away from God's word and the way that he wants us to do things. And that's why we need to go back. We need to go back to the scriptures to see whether or not we're hearing and proving that we're hearing the voice of God. See, because God's template has already been set out before us for us to continue. Let us continue here in the scripture. Verse 8, so after passing Mycenae, they came down to Troas, and there a vision appeared to Shaul at night. Notice that he's not sleeping. It's night. Could he be sleeping? Yes. But here he's receiving this vision. A man from Macedonia was standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. This is a vision. Now think about Shaul now testing this vision. What happened in the book of Acts to another emissary that was living and staying at a tanner's house? He also received a vision to go and to speak to a people that was out of the commonwealth of the nation of Israel. He was sent to whose house but Cornelius's? So here is an example of another emissary receiving a vision from God and then going. And you know what? If you would take both of these stories and lay one on top of the other, there is so much similarity here. That's what's the beauty of the scripture. God does certain things repetitively, and some things he does one time. If you, if you look at our, at our Torah reading as we've been going through a few Shabbats ago was what? The, uh, the reading of the individual that rebelled against Moses, first God, but was rebelling against Moses and Aaron. And what happened to him and his family? The ground opened up and swallowed their tents and all their belongings together. How many times has that happened in Scripture? Once. So as we test Scripture, we see, and we, this is where we find confirmation. Here Rav Shaul is receiving a vision. All right? And here's a man from Macedonia. Now look in your, in your, uh, on your maps here. Can you find now as you go, if you hold up your map, Straight up and down. This will be north. This will be south. And I know this may be backwards. Over this side is to the west, towards the Americas. And over here, 
towards the Philippines, all right? So Macedonia is further off going towards the West, proclaiming the good news. So here, we, here it is in verse 10. And as soon as he heard and seen the vision, here's a brand new word, we. Remember I said earlier about Luke? We. Now think of someone that's writing. Would the Spirit of the living God allow Luke to put we down if he wasn't there? I believe he was there part of this journey. We. Let's move forward here because I don't want you to get stuck on that word we. We lost no time getting ready to leave for Macedonia. For we concluded. See, they spent time in prayer. I believe that, that Rav Shaul, and the scripture here doesn't give us all the details. He says, hey guys, last night I received a vision. And I saw this man from Macedonia. And he was calling, he was begging, he said, come. Come to us and share with us the good news. Because you know what? They were just, every time they went this way, that way, this way, well, let's, well maybe the Lord wants us to go this way. The Spirit of living God was saying no, and the Spirit of Yeshua was saying no. I believe that we're living in times right now, we need to be listening to what the Spirit of the living God is saying. So we can walk in his plan and provision. Otherwise, if we walk off the path, what happens? We're missing out on opportunities. Just think of right now, if we would have decided not to meet on Zoom. And say, oh God, we're believing you, we're believing you. I, I, I don't care, I'm going to confess and declare this. We don't have to meet on Zoom. We're just going to keep meeting in that hotel. We're going to keep meeting on this hotel. Would we not at this point now not be walking in God's provision if we're not on Zoom? Could our brother Paul be joining us via the Philippines? So we're getting confirmation in all these things as we go on this journey together. But you know the beauty of this? We got to hear what the Spirit is saying through each and every individual. So they were able now, they were able to dis discuss as they were able to conclude the will of God. Just like when, when how about in, in Jerusalem, when these Gentiles were coming and, and the stipulation was now, well, in our tradition, it says anyone that comes and be part of Judaism, they're male, they have to do what? Undergo the Brit Milah. God had a new plan. God is doing something new. So let's move forward here. Verse 11, excuse me, the last part of verse 10. As soon as he had seen the vision, we lost no time in getting ready to leave for Macedonia. For we concluded that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. So now the doors are open. And they, they're here to proclaim the good news. They're not mincing words. They're not saying, oh, well, let's wait a minute. Let's, let's go on a time of prayer and fasting. No, it's time to go. So they go on. They move forward. Verse 11, and sailing from Troas. Now look at your maps. Find Troas. You'll find Troas as being, and I'm sorry I can't put this closer to you, it's in almost the far western region of modern-day Turkey. And so they're going to set sail. Why? Because they're going to a whole different other area. And we made straight to 
Somothrace, and next, the next day we went to Nepolis. All right? The word's kind of, the language is changing a little bit, isn't it? That doesn't sound like a word that would come from Turkey, does it not? They're now on the area of Greece. In these areas. Now going forward, verse 12. And from there they went to where? Philippi. That sounds familiar place. Have I been there before? No, I haven't personally. But isn't there a book in the Brit Hadashah? Philippians, Congregation of Philippi. Going forward here. A Roman colony and the leading city of that part of Macedonia. See this Macedonian area? It's like a providence there. It's an area. And cities that are in the Macedonian providence? And where was that gentleman that, that Rav Shaul saw in the vision? Where was he from? He was a Macedonian. He was from that region. Let's go forward here. A Roman colony and a leading city of, of that part of Macedonia. And we spent a few days in this city. So at this time, we're going to end the message.